0: Hello and welcome to this worship service coming to you from Chapel Hill. We're so glad that you have decided to join us. And if you are joining us live at 10 a.m. Pacific on Sunday, we would love you to engage in the live chat that goes alongside this video. In fact, grab your device right now and just say hi to everyone who is on there. We would love to hear from you and hear that you are joining us. Also, make sure to check out the links in the description. There are a number of things in there that we'll highlight throughout the service. One of those is a virtual life group finder. If you'd like to be a part of a, a life group that meets over video conferencing and discusses the sermon, then go ahead and click on that button and we'll help you to find one. Now let's prepare our hearts to worship God together.
1: Well, welcome to worship. We're so grateful to have you with us here this morning at Chapel Hill. Regardless of where you are this morning, we believe that something special happens when we gather together in worship, that God is present in a unique way. And so we believe that God is present right with you in your home or wherever you are, and we look forward to all that God has in store for us today. In fact, it's a good practice for us as Christians to invite the presence of God. Here's what one of the psalmists wrote about God's presence. He said, you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When God shows up, he so often fills our hearts with joy. And so we wanna invite him to do that. In fact, why don't you stand to your feet as we begin to sing together? And why don't you take a posture that shows God that you're inviting his presence into your life. Just maybe put your hands out in front of you this morning and say, Lord, I invite you here. We invite you here into our hearts, into our homes. Would you be present to us in a special way? Would you fill us with your joy, the joy of the Lord that it might be our strength? Let's worship the Lord together this morning.
2: you glow I'm
1: hands together. Clap in your house. We're lifting up the name of
2: Jesus. Sing I know. I know breakthrough is coming by faith I see a miracle my God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Keep it going. I know breakthrough Who is coming? By faith, I see a miracle. (laughs) My.
3: heart could
4: of the greatest love story that was ever, ever to be. God, we thank you that you love us so. And Jesus, even in this moment as we're seeing these words, we confess before you that we are still anxious, that sometimes we feel angry, sometimes we feel deserted. Jesus, will you meet us by your Holy Spirit right now here in this place? God, meet us in this place of brokenness. Revive us again, Lord. Jesus, we want to be the person that waits on you. We want to be that person that um, has patience for your will. By your Holy Spirit, help us, I pray. God, you hold us fast. There is nothing that we can do to be outside of your love. You have done it all, and we give you all the glory. Jesus, hold us tight, I pray. Hold us fast. In your name we pray, amen.
2: faith will fail Christ will hold me fast when the tempter would prevail he will hold me fast I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path for my love is often cold as He saves are His delight, Christ will hold me fast. Precious in His holy sight, He will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost, His promises shall last. That's right. But by him at such a cost, he will he bled and died, Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. That's right. And he will hold me fast. We're with him. And raised with him to endless life. He will hold me fast till our faith is turned aside when he comes alive
4: separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord.
5: Amen. Will you join with me in making the words of that song our prayer? As we pray together, join with me in saying, Jesus Christ, hold us fast. Let's pray. Jesus, we need this assurance of your love. Even now, Lord, wherever we are in our living rooms in front of a computer, we ask that you would give us your presence and an embrace, an overwhelming embrace of your love. Jesus, there are many among us who are experiencing different things who need to know that you are holding us fast. So we pray, Lord, for those who are experiencing isolation, who yearn for community, who yearn for even physical touch. And Jesus, together with them, we say, Jesus Christ, hold us fast. Jesus, we pray for those amongst us who are dealing with depression, who are wondering why, who are wondering what this next day holds for them, why they should even wake up. And we ask, Lord, that you would give them assurance of your presence, your love for them. Together with, uh, we say, Jesus Christ, hold us fast. Jesus, we pray for those who are in fear, who are worried about the future, who are worried about COVID-19 and whether they're gonna get sick, who are worried about our economic prospects. And we ask that you would comfort us by your presence. Together with them, we say, Jesus Christ, hold us fast. Lord, for those who are lamenting celebrations that are not going to be had, for our high school seniors, for people who are mourning loved ones lost and not able to have a memorial, for weddings that have been postponed, we ask that you would comfort them. Together with them, we say, Jesus Christ, hold us fast. So Lord, even now, may we experience your presence. Lord, encourage our spirits Comfort us with your love. Let us participate in the presence of your spirit together. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.
6: Well, good morning, Chapel Hill. I'm Megan, I'm the lead pastor of our church plant in Port Orchard. And it's my pleasure to welcome you into the community. We would love to connect with you. I am gonna share with you a lot of links Here's the thing, in this medium, if you don't tell us we're here, we can't connect with you, so please help us out. The first link you'll find is for our weekly check-in. We'd love to know who you are and how we can pray for you. And actually, while we were singing Living Hope, I just really got a sense that the, um, the greatest story ever told, as Serena described it, really broke hope into, into someone. So if that was you and you are feeling hopeful, that feels like a new feeling would you please go to the weekly check-in and just put in the prayer request that was me that was me i'm hoping um i I really believe that was happening and so we would really love to be praying for you to know how we can help you take take your next step of faith for a lot of you i hope that alpha might be a next step for you alpha is uh, on its second week the alpha course on tuesday nights This week they're talking about a really important question. They're asking, who is Jesus? And all through the ages, a lot of people have taken the teachings of Jesus a lot of different ways. And it is gonna be an open discussion about who Jesus is. And we would love to hear your opinion and invite you into the Alpha Course conversation. Click on the link to join us for Alpha and we'll send you a Zoom link for that. I also just wanna thank you because one of the things going on in our community is just an outpouring of really creative generosity. A lot was forming this week around the Tacoma Rescue Mission. There was a family that went and made cookies for the family shelter. There was a lot of people who donated blankets, a whole trunk full of items to take down to the Tacoma Rescue Mission in downtown. And this was my favorite. One of you decided with your, uh, the check that the government sent you that you wanted to give that away, that this wasn't a season where you needed that. So we got to hear the story of a couple who had a date night one night this week and pretended like they were gonna go to an auction. And they researched the different organizations, found out about their stories and then prayerfully gave away their check. I love hearing how the spirit is moving and how creative you are in serving the kingdom. They supported the Tacoma Rescue Mission. They supported our ministry partner in the Coffee Oasis. And I wanna invite you to creatively pray about how you might invest and what God is doing in the kingdom even now, especially when being generous with our finances feels like an act of faith. Let's be a people who believe in a living hope and who believe that there are beautiful things coming and that there are people hurting that we wanna help. And so would you please consider supporting Chapel Hill, supporting the mission of God here and extending your generosity into the community. You'll find a link that you can, um, in the same description to give online or um, if you'd rather get a physical check here, you'll find ways to do that as well. So please join me in a a time of prayer as we commit all that we are doing, all the ways that we are seeking, all the ways that we are opening up our lives to hope to the Lord. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, would you just move in us by your spirit. Make us counter to the culture that while so much of our life is receding and closing in, when it comes to hope and faith and generosity, we would be moving out and expectant that you would move. In Jesus' name, amen. You actually have a couple, uh, couple seconds here to actually pull out your smartphone. If you're watching TV, find one of these links. Let us know if you are the one that God is speaking to you in the weekly check-in and join us in our community. Welcome.
0: Well, good morning, Chapel Hill. I am so glad to be with you here this morning. And if you don't know me, my name is Ellis, and I'm the pastor of weekend services here at the church. And I just wanna start by paying tribute to our amazing weekend service team that we have. You know, a year ago, when we started setting plans to start live streaming, our services, we had no idea quite how timely that was going to be. And I tell you, they have been working so hard these last few weeks, and I'm so grateful for their willingness to to jump in with both feet. And I also want to thank you, those who've been participating in in worshiping with us from home, thank you for your patience over these last few weeks as we've been learning how to use these new tools. I know I've heard from many of you just how grateful you are that we've been able to put this together and enable you to worship in your homes. And I've also heard from some of you who usually attend our, our classic 9 a.m. service that, that yeah, you're, you're really thankful for this, but you do miss singing the old hymns. And I totally get it. You know, there's something about the songs that we sang as we were growing up that, that just resonates with our hearts. Well, I have some great news. We, we feel like we're starting to get our stride here. We feel like we've we've got a handle on on what it takes to pull one service together and and so I, I want to let you know that beginning next Sunday not only will we be going live at, at 10 a.m with this service but we will also, add an additional classic worship service at 9 a.m. And we are so excited to be able to do that, and we are really hopeful that this will be meaningful for those of you who enjoy a more classic style of music. Well, as I said, the last few weeks have been a lot of hard work, but it's not been without some joys. And one of those joys has been the increased engagement that I've been able to have with my kids in their Sunday school teaching. I'm grateful for our awesome kids team here at the church who've been sending out resources to us as parents, and I've been throwing myself into that as our kids have been studying the topic of humility this month. The other day, we were on a car ride together just to get out the house, because. Sometimes you just gotta get out the house. And I said to my kids, I have two, Evelyn, who's six, and Ezra, who's four, I said, who can tell me what is humility? And immediately, my four-year-old Ezra said, putting others first. If only he could learn how to do it. It's so easy to recognize when people don't have humility like this guy or like the guy that I was driving behind on that car journey with my kids in his open top red sports car with this license plate. And I'm not even joking. It was like sermon illustration manner falling down from heaven. Well, we all know what humility doesn't look like. But what does it look like? Last week, Pastor Mark kicked off our new sermon series called Elevate Others. And it's the middle portion of our brand new mission statement exalt Jesus, elevate others, and launch disciple makers. And we as a team can't think of a better time to be talking about this topic of of lifting others up, of, of elevating them above ourselves. And last week, Pastor Mark shared with us about the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And this week, we're gonna be looking at the topic of humility. And actually, this topic and, and this passage that we're going to be looking at were incredibly formational in our decision to use those words, elevate others, in our mission statement. And this passage is, is actually the passage that our kids have been memorizing all this month. So if you're a parent, you may well be familiar with it. It comes from a letter that one of the early church leaders, Paul, wrote to the church in the city of Philippi. And in this letter, Paul is encouraging the Christians who are in that city to be united. And the way that he is encouraging them to do that is through practicing humility. So we're in Philippians chapter two, and we're beginning in verse one. This is what it says. Therefore Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In the ancient world, humility was not a characteristic that people aspired to. The noun that is used in this passage for that word humility, is not found in any ancient Greek writings before the New Testament. And the adjective that is associated with that noun was used to describe the mentality of a slave. It conveyed the idea of being base, unfit, shabby, mean, of no account. The idea of humility was associated with humiliation. Humility was not a character trait that the ancient world aspired to. And honestly, I don't think humility is a character trait that our modern world aspires to either. Just take social media, for example. The times I have posted on social media, I know they've they've not been times when I've been trying to present a more humble image of myself. They've been times when I've been trying to build up the image of myself and make myself look better than other people. And I know I'm not the only one. There was a recent USA Today opinion piece that called the era in which we're living the age of braggadocia. And we are confronted on a daily basis with with filtered photos and and social media bragging that, that makes us feel like we're ugly and boring, humility is not a character trait that I believe our world aspires to any more than the ancient world. And yet, true humility, when it's seen, I believe is incredibly attractive. Paul defines true humility for us in this passage. He says that true humility is to value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Humility is, is not about being trampled upon or humiliated, true humility. Humility is not about subjecting yourselves to to the power and authority of someone else. No, No, humility, true humility, is the complete opposite. It is choosing not to exert your power and your value over and above that of another person, but instead to consider others as more valuable than ourselves. C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Chronicles of Narnia, he described humility in his book, Mere Christianity, in this way. Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably... All you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you had to say to him, in in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, summarized those words of C.S. Lewis in a very memorable statement. He said this, this is true humility, not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. As I meditated on this concept of humility this week. I began to realize that a great example of it was was looking me right in the eyes. Now, I don't know about you, but before this year, I had never done a Zoom call in my life. And, And now I do them all the time. In fact, I added it up in the last few weeks. Each week, I have been on Zoom calls for at least 15 hours in the week. And that might sound bad to some of you, but I actually kind of enjoy it. I like the social interaction when I'm not allowed out of the house to have it with people normally. But there's one thing that I have noticed about how I use Zoom, and I want to show it to you. And to do that, I'm going to get some help from my life group. So here they are. This is my men's life group. We meet together on a Friday morning and I wanna introduce them to you all. So uh, I'm gonna say your name and then you can just wave your hand. So Rich is our leader. You wanna say hi, Rich? And next to him, we have Ben. And then moving across, we've got Chuck. And above Chuck, we have Dan. And then over in that corner is Bob. And then down the bottom is Chris. And we were meeting together before, but since COVID's come along, we, we have been meeting together over Zoom, and I've been enjoying getting to know these guys even better from the comfort of my home. But I've noticed, as, as I've been on Zoom, one thing, and I don't know if, if you guys do this, may, maybe this is just me, but, but here's what I've noticed. I spend more time looking at the image of myself than I do looking at the images of everyone else. I, may, maybe I'm alone in this, but, but maybe I'm not. And, and what's most interesting is the thoughts that start to go through my mind as I look at the image of myself, okay? So I, I, honestly, this, this is what's going through my mind. I start to say to myself things like, hey, your hair's looking pretty good today. Or I start to go, do I really have that much fat under my chin? Or, or I start to go, oh, if I stretch like this, my arms look massive in the image. Yeah, that made you laugh. I got you there. And, and you may think I'm just doing this for the purpose of an illustration, but I'm not. These are the honest-to-God thoughts that have been going through my head as I have been on Zoom calls for 15-plus hours a week. And do you know what I realized? I realized this is the perfect example of the very opposite of humility. It's the perfect example of pride, of being totally focused on myself when there are other people around me. And so I've decided to do something with my Zoom calls. I've decided to change how I interact. I've decided to use an option that is called Hide Self View. So let me show you how it works. If I go here and I click on my image, I can go down and hit this hide self view option right there and all of a sudden my image is gone, but you guys can still see me, right? Yeah, you guys can still see me, but I can't see myself. I've not turned my camera off, but I've hidden my self view. I can't see myself any longer and I'm left looking at others. Now. I'm not suggesting that you all go out there and start doing this on your Zoom calls because I've been on some Zoom calls with a few people who really have struggled to get their face in the middle of the box that you get. I think I've seen enough at the top of people's heads to last a lifetime. But I think this is an excellent illustration of what it looks like to begin to practice humility, to choose to hide that view of ourselves to not look to, to what we want or we need or to our rights or even our hurts, but to hide that view of ourselves. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate you being on this call with me, and I look forward to seeing you on Friday. See you, guys. Well, I want to make three points from the passage today. Three steps that I believe we can take in order to practice humility. And the first of those is to hide self-view. That's the starting place for humility, to to stop focusing on ourselves, to stop thinking about my needs and, and my rights and And my hurts. And Paul, he he goes on in this letter to provide really the the perfect example of what it looks like for someone to hide self view. Paul tells us in one of the most significant passages in, in the whole Bible that Jesus himself chose to hide self view when he came from heaven to earth. Let me keep reading this passage that we began earlier to you. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. If anyone had the right to look at themselves and to say, I am great, I am worthy of praise, was Jesus. Everything in this world was created through Jesus and and for Jesus. He is God himself. And yet, Paul says, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Jesus chose to to hide his divine nature, to conceal it within human flesh. And more than that, Jesus, the passage says, humbled himself by being obedient to the will of God, taking our place in his death on a cross. The one who had ultimate power chose to hide his power. So Jesus showed us what it looked like, what it does look like to hide self view. But I think this passage also helps us to understand what's the second step for us as we begin to practice humility. First, we must hide self view. But second, we must look to Jesus. When we look to Jesus, we see the reality of who we are in comparison to who he is. We see the reality of, of our own pride, that, that we want to make ourselves the center of attention when even the Son of God didn't make himself the center of attention. We see the, the depth of of our own sin, and the reality of how far short we fall. And yet at the same time, when we look to Jesus, we see the depth of his love, his grace for us, that he was willing to give it all up in order that he might become like us and take our place in his death that we might be free from the power of sin. Now I was thinking about where is it in my life where I find it hard to practice humility. And I think one of the hardest places I find to practice humility is in receiving feedback from other people. I find receiving feedback, especially critical feedback, to be excruciating. You know, we had Easter a couple of weeks ago. And for a pastor, Easter is the biggest weekend of the year. It it is our Super Bowl Sunday. and, And we want to do the best that we possibly can on an Easter in helping people to engage in worship of the resurrected Jesus. But this year, we had some significant limitations. At one point, we didn't even know if we were gonna be able to film an Easter service. In fact, three weeks before Easter, we got together and filmed all the music for Easter right as the governor was announcing his stay-at-home order. And in the end, I loved what we managed to pull together. I loved what what our production team did with, with all of the raw materials that we had given them. Blaine and Brittany Stobb have been working tirelessly these last few weeks to put together these services. And you know what? Why don't you, right now, just go in the live chat and say thank you to Blaine and Brittany. I know that it would encourage them to see people giving thanks to, to the ones who are behind everything that you are now seeing on a weekend. So we worked hard on Easter. And then, for me, it all started to come crashing down in the days afterwards. We, we always get feedback on things and so I expect it, but that doesn't necessarily make it easier. And we got a lot of good feedback about Easter, a lot of people thanking us and and saying how wonderful it was. But we also got some critical feedback. And there was one piece of criticism that really stung me personally. It really hurt. And I've learned that when you're hurt or you're angry, that you shouldn't respond to an email. And so I took a time out. And I actually went and I began studying the Bible around the topic of humility. I began to to prepare to preach this message. And as I was studying the Bible, I began to realize that the, the reason that I was so hurt by this comment was actually because I had an elevated view of myself and my achievements. I was so fixated on on what I had done that I couldn't see past myself. And so, as I began to realize this, I recognized that I had to make a decision. I had to decide to hide self-view, to stop thinking about my hurts, or my achievements, or, or, or the work that I had managed to produce and instead I had to turn my gaze towards Jesus and as I did he revealed to me the depth of my own pride. I began to realize that even on this the most holy of weekends I have been elevating myself above Jesus exalting my name instead of his. And as I looked at Jesus and he revealed this to me, I began to repent. And as I repented, I received his love. And I recognized that even in this poor and pitiless state that I was in, that Christ still loved me, still died for me, and still came to me to life again, that I too may have that life in him. In fact, I was reminded in that moment of the words of the great British hymn writer, Charles Wesley, who said, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Hide self, you. look to Jesus. And I believe once we take those first two steps, we are enabled and empowered to take a third step towards practicing humility. And that third step is to elevate others. Paul writes in this passage that we read, that we should value others above ourselves. Literally, Paul is saying that we should elevate the value of others to be greater than the value that we place upon ourselves. For me, in, in my story that I was just sharing with you, of, of practicing humility and receiving feedback, I recognize that, that once I had hidden myself view and looked to Jesus, I was actually in a mental and an emotional place where I could begin to elevate the others who had given this critical feedback. That actually I could begin to place more value upon them than I had been placing upon myself. And as I did that, I began to pray for them. And as I prayed, I began to recognize that probably what was going on in them this Easter was that Easter had represented more of a loss than a celebration. That Easter had had not matched the expectations that they had for it, and that they were grieving that loss. And as I began to recognize this and, and recognize that that was what was feeding the comments that they were making, I began to realize that I too was grieving a loss this Easter. That this Easter wasn't the Easter that I expected it to be. That we had spent months planning two glorious different styles of worship service. One where the whole chancel was full with a choir and a bell choir and an orchestra and the organ blaring as we sing Christ the Lord is risen today. And another style in which we used light to take us from the darkness of Friday to the the glorious sunrise of Sunday and and we heard a spoken word about death turning into life and we finished by proclaiming, gone, gone, now my sin is dead and gone and I sing hallelujah. And I realized that none of that had happened. All of the plans had had to be laid aside in our rush to get done what we needed to do. And I recognized that I too was in that same place of hurt and pain that these others were in. And as I elevated those others, as I began to intercede for them, I began to pray, God, heal their hurt, heal their pain, heal their grief, heal their sense of loss, give them resurrection joy. Hide self-view, look to Jesus, elevate others. Practicing humility is it's easy to say, but it's hard to do. And I don't know where God is asking you to practice humility at this time. Maybe it's in the same area as me, in the receiving of, of feedback and critical feedback in particular but maybe it's in a different area. You know, I wonder if, if you're married, whether right now, as, as you're spending more time with your spouse than, than perhaps ever you have before, I wonder if God might be asking you to practice humility in your marriage, to hide self you, to stop thinking about what can I get out of this? What are my needs and, and my rights? To look to Jesus, to, to provide all that you need, And then to elevate your spouse, to treat them as more valuable than yourself. Maybe that would be an area where God's asking you to practice humility. Maybe God's asking you to practice humility with your neighbors at this time. You know, never have we spent so much time next door to the people that we live next door to. And maybe God is challenging you at this time to to overlook past hurts and grievances, to to hide your hurt, to look to Jesus to receive healing for that, and then to elevate your neighbors by loving and serving them. Maybe it's not in those areas. Maybe God is asking you not to look only to your own financial interests, but to the financial interests of others. Maybe God's not asking you to look only to your health interests, your own health interests, but also to the health interests of others. Or maybe God's asking you to look not only to your own freedom, but to the freedom of others. I don't know where God might be asking you to practice humility in this season, but I know he's asking us all to practice it in our lives. And so I want to close by spending some time asking God to reveal to us where it is that we need to practice humility and then asking that he would give us the power to do so. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you, and right now we ask that you would reveal to us where is it in our lives that we need to practice humility? Holy Spirit, speak to us in this moment. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us in those areas to click that hide self-view button, to stop looking at, at what we think is our rights or, or our needs or our privileges or or our hurts. And instead, God, you would help us to look to Jesus, to find in him what we are so desperately seeking. I pray that we would know the depth of our own pride and quite how great your grace love covers all of our offenses all of our sin and so we choose to look to Jesus now in this moment and we ask that you would pour out your love into us that we may be empowered and emboldened to elevate those who are around us and to treat them as more valuable than ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. As we close our service, I want to invite you to stand one more time, and we are going to look to Jesus together as we declare who he is and what he has done for us. to ourselves we choose to hide self view and we choose to look to Jesus, the one who gave it all for us and Lord we pray that you would use us to elevate others, that in the midst of this time your church would be known for lifting up the people of this world pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are so glad that you joined us for this service here this weekend. And I want to send you out into the rest of your weeks with this blessing. So the way we do it at Chapel Hill to receive a blessing is we raise our hands up like this. So I invite you wherever you are, raise your hands up and receive this now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His perfect peace, both now and forevermore, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Well, thank you again for joining us for online worship. We would love to connect with you and the best way to do that is to check out those links in the description. Please especially take a moment to fill out our weekly check-in. Let us know that you're with us and please let us know how we can be praying for you. We would love to support you and come alongside of you in this season. If you've enjoyed worshiping with us today and you just didn't get enough and you want to sing some more, we're going to have a hymn sing tonight on our Facebook Live page. It's at 6.30 p.m. You can join my myself and my wife Amy, we would love to sing with you. We hope you have a great rest of the day and a great rest of the week. Take care.